Bones are amazing things. They hold us up. They support us. They make us strong. But bones have other uses. In the past, bones were thrown by diviners, seeking out the mysteries of the future. Now the bones are cubes, made of plastic or resin. But they still reveal things to us. As they fall from our fingers and rattle across the table, the story becomes clear. Welcome to Bone Thrower's Theater, an RPG actual play podcast. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Bone Thrower's Theater. We are getting ready to start season two of this current campaign. My name is Jordan. I am the GM. And to my left, we have Jeffrey. And I am playing Demetrius Norden. This is Johnny playing Joris Glaive. This is Jeremy playing Grayson Digby. And I'm Aaron playing Brother Benedict. So last time, guys, things got kind of crazy. Well, if I kind of. Correctly. <laughs> last time, really. you tried to kill us with fairy magic. I did not try and kill you with fairy magic. I tried to kill you with dice. And then an automaton. And then an automaton. I'm pretty sure came back your life. dice are powered by fairy magic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little bit of pixie dust is captured in the, the resin of each of them. So I don't know what to tell that you explains about that. everything. Yeah, everything. So last time we had you guys going through mirrors, trying to save the queen. Mm-hmm. Uh, you met a new baddie uh, in named Rouge. You actually, you managed to dispass Dinsham, and I did not mean to be illiterate there, but it happened. Yeah, it was a pretty busy session, and when you got back, you found out that St. Aldrich's Cathedral was, like, in this ice dome yeah, this monster. Dome it was a big black dome of evil doom. Separating it from the rest of the city. My memory is a little off. Did we kill Dinsham or did we? Yeah. No, we killed we, him. Okay. And then oh, okay. Yeah, Brother it, Benedict tried to stop Joris. And, and then, then there we go. That's where my And then there was off. the back and forth a little bit. And then Brother Benedict just like sort yeah. of gave up. Yeah. Yeah. And walked away. Yeah. And death happened. And also, Brother Benedict, an important part that happened for you yes. is that when you were passing through the mirror... You saw the shade of your mentor. I did. And he told you... He told me that I'm running with a bunch of low-life scum. Which, after, you know, the goings-on of the last episode, Benedict is seeing that some of us are a bunch of low-life scum. We may be Um, low-life scum. (laughs) At least we don't mess with fairies. Which is true. (laughs) That is definitely true. So, yeah. My master did not like the crowd... That you're running with. Namely the beliefs of the crowd that I'm running with. I don't think he has a problem with the people. He's got a... You can call me low-life scum all you want. It doesn't bother me. <clears throat> if you call the queen low-life scum. Yes. <laughs> Which I did. You did. I, I, I wasn't there. <laughs> out, out of his hearing. <laughs> <laughs> My character heard it. <laughs> Demetrius was like, uh... Check, please. <laughs> yeah. So... What I figured we would start off with is a funeral. A funeral for Master Ambrose. Where would you all like this funeral to be? Well, obviously, the church. <laughs> well, well, no, we'd like it to be in the cathedral, but... No. No. Not, <laughs> I said, would like it to be in the cathedral, but that's not an option. <laughs> Does the Horologist Guild actually have a patron church? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's we'll say Saint D- Saint Dinian's. That works. Saint Gearhead. <laughs> <laughs> no. Their liturgical musical of choice is Motorhead. <laughs> Isn't that everyone's liturgical musical? <laughs> <laughs> it's actually a church on the opposite end. Of the the city from where the the guild headquarters is. How did they become the patron church if they're so far away? Because that's where the original headquarters used to be nearby there. Okay. Yeah, as the city grew and you know how things go. If I remember the correctly, the, the headquarters the was headquarters. sort of in the middle of the city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. more so. towards this. So this is more on the outskirts, but... Yeah. Now, how many people from the guild show up for the for the funeral? Million. <laughs> One 
Uh, we're going to say that uh, six. Six people? Up. Okay. Because there aren't a whole lot of people, and a lot of them are usually on travel. And... Okay. And, of course, obviously, you're one of the people who shows up. And those obviously. six would be a, a, in addition to you. Yeah. Previous uh, understudies of Master Ambrose and uh, close colleagues that you would have worked with. Did he have any family show up, or was this more a professional event? Yeah, of course family showed up, but I think it would be a more professional event because clockmakers tend to be a lot more professional. <laughs> Personal opinion. Okay. <laughs> yeah, there, there'll be family and some some friends there, but it'll be pretty small. I am not there. N- no, you would have no reason to be there. Nope. Now, did you actually, did you send invitations to any of the people in the party? Uh, the only person I would have sent an invitation to would have been uh, Grayson. Well, Grayson's going to show up, but he's late. Are you fashionably late? Or no, you... he's not doing it for fashion to be fashionably late. <laughs> it's awkward. Um, fashionably <laughs> late to a funeral? Yeah. Is that a thing? It is, <laughs> sadly. I'm picturing that it's raining. Yeah. And Grayson, when he shows up, sort of in the middle of the the priest, whatever. The homily. Yeah. He's doing it. So they've already had some of the beginning things going on. And he shows up to the old church. So he, he opens the door. And it's, uh, it's it's creaking. And people turn around and they see Grayson. He's, he's dressed nicely. But... Since it has been raining, it lo- I mean, he's, he's totally soaked. Yeah. But it looks. Yeah, but it looks like the clothes that he were wearing, even though they're nice clothes, were once very recently covered in mud, <laughs> because you kind of got that that feel from the rain that it's like a gradient of dirt. Yeah. That gets more and more. <laughs> Brown as it reaches the bottom. So yeah. what is what has like been happening been through the muds? What has been happening to the rain uh, since the Saint Albrechts has been encased in this this black bubble? Other than the fact that it's been raining a lot more, I wouldn't say anything supernatural to the, has happened to the rain. Just an unusual amount of it. Just a, a lot of rain has been going on. The rain smells odd. The rain <laughs> smells slightly sulfuric. Slightly. Oof. Not super noticeable, but Not super every noticeable, now and then you just kind of catch it. Yeah, a, you catch a whiff when, um, you, like, when the raindrop passes right next to your nostril. So if you come in now all wet and everything, you're just like, it smells like rotten eggs. Very, very, very fake. <laughs> <laughs> Not offensive. Not offensive, just like, which you wouldn't want to stand a really Which Grayson wouldn't think anything of because the reason he's late is he's come from another funeral. What funeral did he come from? From cereals. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's come from cereals funeral, and let's just say it didn't go well with the other attendees of cereals funeral, which is why he was at one point covered in mud. Oh. Did cereals sister throw mud at you? Well, him in mud. Somebody Could be, but it happened. But yeah. Have you told anybody that you were responsible for his resurrection and then re-death? His double dispatch. No, I haven't told me. Let's say the reason that Grayson got pushed into the mud is because after the funeral, he wanted to talk to Haley and said he knew the details behind Mm -hmm. and she didn't want to hear it at the moment. So yes, she pushed him into the mud. He hasn't told her yet any of the details that he wishes to disclose. Kind of gutsy of him to even want to tell her what happened. Well, from their last time they talked face to face, he was going to find out what was going on with him. Yeah. So if he came back and decided to say nothing, I think he was thinking that would be even worse. Yeah. (laughs) Benedict, are are you going to come to the funeral? No. Benedict actually went off on his own to the closest church that he could find. For some thought and meditation, and maybe some counsel, if he could run into a friendly <laughs> monk. I was gonna say, did you go back to the uh, church you went to before the, with the priestess? <laughs> no, no, I did not go looking for a woman. You did not go looking for the Order of Saint Teresa. No, I did not. So, 
as the funeral is, is going on, it, it's a very ornate casket that has been provided because of the, uh, the position that mm-hmm. Master Ambrose had in the guild. He was one of the masters. He was like one of the, the few masters that the guild actually had. This is a really tragic event, and so it's, yeah. a lot has been lavished upon him. So as you're walking in, Grayson, you hear them finishing the homily. It's, he just finishes as you slip into the pew. And it's an interesting setup because, like, the way that we think of churches, you, you've got the pulpit and the altar at the beginning, and then you have the pews. But this is more of an older church where they have boxes, and they um, also have, like, uh, like fire pits in the center for, like, really cold church mm-hmm. services. Uh, so there is an open box, not one that's rented for a specific family. So you're able to slip into one of those and start drying off from the from the heat of the brazier. As the pastor finishes, he, he or the minister finishes, he has a, a, a long prayer that he says. And then he asks for Master Ambrose's journeymen, if any of them would want to say a few words about their master. I guess Demetrius would slowly stand up, very solemn, walks to the front, and he, he would just be silent, standing there for a moment, trying to find the words to say. Master Ambrose was, was a very, very good teacher, and his skills were incredible, and he was a good man. He was kind to each of his apprentices, but being a good teacher doesn't always mean being kind. It means doing what needs to be done in order for the student to learn. Sometimes that means knocking heads. And sometimes that means being patient and listening and going over things step by step. He was a very talented with the things that he built. He's built things that I am only just now understanding how they could even work. His tutelage was tremendous. He bows his head and closes his eyes and pauses for a moment and then quietly walks back down. At this point, we're going to go ahead and switch over to Brother Benedict because he is in the middle of having a conversation with a priest of his own, trying to get some information. A priest? Or a monk. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) We'll settle with a monk. Now, you did not go back to the same monastery where you had been before. No, I mean, I don't even know where that was. That was close to Dinchin's estate, I believe. And so I just went and found the closest one, uh, looking for some brotherly guidance rather than fatherly guidance. Okay. Uh, A lot has happened over the past. It's only been... Four days since I got into mm-hmm. town. Three or four days. So <laughs> Benedict's in kind of a whirlwind, whirlwind right now. Okay. So you are able to find someone who is working in the, the herbalist shop, um, making poultices and grinding those together and, and, and getting ready like supplies that they might need to help care for people who are sick and, and injured and, okay. and everything like that. Because a big part of what monasteries do is... They help travelers. They provide mm-hmm. uh, food for the sick, and they're also a place where uh, local people can go for healing. Yeah. So um, you find an older man. He seems to be rather. At one point in his life, he seems like he had been hardened by battle. Okay. And he has aged gracefully, though, and softened into a uh, rather dignified-looking gentleman. Uh, he, he has gray silver hair and blue eyes, and he stands about shoulder height to you. Okay. So he's a shorter old man. Yes. Okay. But he's he's not decrepit in any way. He's he's yeah. more on towards like the later side of middle age. Okay. My son. And he's wearing a totally different habit than you are. Yeah. Yours, I would imagine, are just kind of a plain round. Plain robe. Look, homespun. Yeah. We, we, we lived in a cave, pretty much. I mean, I... <laughs> We made our own clothes. So, so his, his robes are a lot nicer made than yours. They look like they were actually woven on a, a loom rather than 
yeah. made by hand. And um, he actually, he, he has a white robe underneath with a black part that goes over his head and, and is just like a strip down with, in the white. Okay. And then there's like black piping around the cuffs of his of his robe as well. Okay, so they almost look like they uh, didn't know a rank or... Not so much. Uh, he it's it looks like the standard habit of his the pipe like when I say piping I just mean like a, a long not a ribbon but white and then black. Oh okay. Okay. Like cuffs. Yeah. Excuse me, uh, brother. Cadfile. Brother Cadfile, may I uh, bother you for a moment of your time? Of course. How can I help you? I'm I'm looking for answers to some difficult questions and. I'm not sure where to look for them. Well, what kind of questions do you have? I I don't even know if I know the question, let alone... I recently came to town, and I have met a group of people who, many of whom I have become fond of, many of whom I have not. (laughs) But I do not believe my previous master would approve. And what makes you say that? I had a vision of my master from the grave. A vision from the grave? And he told me to be wary of the people that I'm with. And have these people done anything wrong? I do not believe that they believe that what they have done is wrong. But I I believe that some of what they have done skirts the edge of wrong. So they do not believe in... They have not done things in the manner that you believe God would lead them. Yes, that is correct. Well, have they been treasonous to the crown? No. Have they slandered the names of those known to be good? No. Have they sought to harm those that you love? No, they have not. Have they stolen from anything? I, not that I know of. Have they committed usury? What's usury? Usury is like graft, bribing people. Oh, you know. Um, I mean, is this a Brother Benedict moment? Or... Uh, a little of both. <laughs> so yes, actually, that would probably be the same question Brother Benedict would ask. Um, but again, not that I know of, and if they have. It is likely it's been in service to the queen, to the crown. Well, when done for a greater good, some things can be justified. Because the, qu- the queen speaks with the voice of God. How can a human speak with the voice of God? You've read your Old Testament, haven't you? God anoints the kings through his prophets. The queen has been a duly anointed voice of God by the priesthood. I don't... I don't remember that part. Well, you've heard the stories of Samuel and how he anointed Saul yes. and David. Yes, I, I I do remember that. I do not remember the part about the crown, the Angelan crown. Maybe I'm... But just as David was the voice of God and Solomon was the voice of God, Saul, until he spoke to unnatural beings was the voice of God. So Saul lost the ability to speak with the voice of God because of the creatures that he was speaking with. Well, yes, the the, the witch of Endor, and then also his decision to spare some of the Philistines. Hmm. You did go through basic catechism before taking your vows, correct? Vows. Yes, vows. I didn't I didn't take any vows. Not 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 officially. Your order did not what? No, I was I was raised by a monk to be a monk. I, that's how this worked. You were one in the wilderness. Yes. An anchorite. A what? One who lives in the wilderness. Yes. We lived in the wilderness. Until my master until my master died. Very recently. And how much of the Gospels and the Catechisms did your Anchorite leader teach you? I remember we, 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 we went over a bit, but I, don't, I can't say we ever spent hours discussing them. I thought, 
Maybe I'm... What does it mean to be a monk? It means a great deal. It means to serve God and to serve others, as is the call of all who follow God's ways. But it also means that in addition to following God, you commit yourself to following his ways in all matters, in modesty, in sobriety, in chastity. Um, Brother Benedict, especially at the last part, blinks a few times because he's been attempting to end his chastity. struggle with his chastity. Um, <laughs> you look like you have something to say, my son. I want to know more about being a monk and what it means. Is there someone you can guide me to who can't, who I can discuss with this? Well, I could take you to see Brother Anselm. Brother Anselm. Brother Anselm, yes. He is actually the head of the novices. I, I would like to speak with him if, if that would be possible. All right, we can arrange that. Now, Brother Anselm is a very harsh man, and he will make you work many hours. Oh, 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 I think you misunderstand me. I don't wish to join. I want to know more about what I'm supposed to be doing here. Everything you've said, other than taking vows, I do. Well, you're not really a, a, one of the brothers until you take the vows. So serving God and serving my fellow men and learning to be a monk does not make me a monk? No. You learn all those things through the novitiate, and then when you have fully become a holy and upright individual, then you take your vows. I don't know any completely holy and upright individual. I believe that it is impossible to be 100% holy and upright. Isn't that what the scripture says? <laughs> now, how much do you want Jordan, the former seminary <laughs> to actually push through this? Because we could have a whole conversation <laughs> <laughs> about, about perfect love and, and complete atonement. And I'm trying to avoid that. But I'm, <laughs> but I'm also saying that there is the idea that one can love God so perfectly that all sin is pushed out of one's being. It is a high mark to reach. <laughs> you, if you show me such a man, I will see such a man. <laughs> <laughs> I think you would need to speak to our abbot then. Instead of Brother Anselm? Brother Anselm, as I said, is a hard man. I would not say that he is completely without sin. <laughs> so, but you said that once you are completely holy, you may be a, a brother. Is he not a brother? He is a brother, yes. But there are moments of complete holiness. Oh. So it's not 100% all the time complete holiness. It's striving for complete holiness. And it's called a processing crisis. You work through your shortcomings and your distance from God, you work through that in a crisis that brings you closer to God, then you will be truly holy. And once you reach that point, then you will discover that there is more within your heart that needs to be cleansed away, and then you, the process begins again. I see. I see. Well, thank you very much, brother. You've given me much, much to think on. Now, would you like to see Brother Anselm or the Abbot? Not right now. I may come back in the future. All right, so then go in peace. You as well, brother. So you go ahead and leave. As you are coming out of the, the monastery, you see some soldiers coming towards you. Mm -hmm. They say, Brother Benedict? Yes. And you are? The guards for Lord Wraith Liveridge. You have been summoned to his presence. Lead the way, then. And so Benedict will follow, walk, actually he'll probably walk next to whoever is speaking to him, despite whatever formation they're walking in. And we will cut back to the funeral at the church, St. Dinian's. Soldiers have arrived at the, the funeral as well. 
the last rites have been finished and they are preparing to take the body to the graveyard when you two are approached. Like inside the... In the narthex, yes. Okay. Inside the actual church. Okay. You see a group of guards coming your way. They actually don't know what you look like. They One opens a piece of paper and reads some names. And they've interrupted the whole service. Oh, like, gosh. You know, coming in, like, because, like, <laughs> the, the priest is giving the benediction, making the sign of the angels when the doors just <laughs> open forward and uh, several guards walk in. And you can tell the commanding officer steps forward and he says, Demetrius Norden and Grayson Digby. Your presence is required by Lord Rafe Limfrich. <laughs> well, everybody looks at uh, Demetrius. Yeah, they all know <laughs> because him. I know him. Yeah. <laughs> One of them leans over and goes, "What did you do? I've done nothing." Gets up and walks over to the guards at the exit. Oh yeah. Dang it. <laughs> they stopped like, because you're like in the last yeah, of the boxes. I was, I was like, hopefully they just went up to the front and I can just be like, woo, woo. Nope, they're standing right next to you. Oh. Because so there's, there's a guard right next to you. Yes. Crap. <laughs> if they would have been you just lay down and go invisible. <laughs> Demetrius would get up and walk over to the, to the guards and quietly go to them and be like, this is a funeral. Please. And you are required to come right now. Please exit while they are mourning. <laughs> you want them to Please. mourn only one? What? Do you want them to mourn only one? <laughs> I'm not saying I won't go with you, just please. Then let us go now. Yeah, go. Come on. Timing is everything. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, can you bring out the church? <laughs> Alright. Uh... And yours has been poor. Let's go. Okay. <laughs> Demetrius would look at Digby out of the side of his eye and shake his head slightly and keep going. Let's see if they notice that. Red Die of Doom, first roll season two. Five. Not easy. No. 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 It was very slight. It was like. Yeah. It could have been seen as like. A shiver or. A shiver or. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. Dismissal of but they definitely see that you're sitting right there. Yeah. And you are? Are you the other? Grayson Digby? Grayson? No. I I have not seen Grayson around. Well, apparently we're supposed to be here. I know there was another funeral. You might want to check across town. There's funerals every day. <laughs> Go ahead and make a deception roll. Uh, persuasion. Persuasion, right. yeah. Yep. <laughs> 20, 23. Okay. Is he telling the truth? I'm already outside. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> I, I would have just went. You didn't stick around for their conversation? No, I wouldn't have stuck okay. around for that conversation. <laughs> I would have been outside. <laughs> Jordan wants really bad to catch Jeremy in this. 45 minutes into season two, wrenching Jordan's plan. <laughs> So be it then. And so the, the guard walks out and leaves you behind. We'll go ahead and take a quick break there. And then we'll come back and we'll find out what's going on with Joris Lady. Rashomon. A land where spirits roam and witches rule. Three women are embroiled in a divine plot. And it is up to them to uncover why. Join the adventures of the Broadswords at thebroadswords.com. All right. Joris, where have you been? What have you been doing? I have been uh, spying on the palace. Spying on the palace? Trying to figure out how to get back into it without getting caught. I know lots of secret passages and stuff like that. Because of the gears that we hid in uh, Lord Walsham's chambers, I want to retrieve those. Don't want to leave them where uh, the enemies can get their hands on them. Okay. You've grown up around the palace, and you know it quite well. Yeah. So what are you going to try and do to at first to get in? Well, first I want to uh, just observe the pattern of the guards um, around the courtyards and 
check my normal uh, secret entrances. Yeah. Okay. Sewer grates. I also have my falcon flying around. So. Okay. Soaring up out of arrow range. <laughs> what you can see. So it seems like the guards have actually like tripled their patrols and their like how many people they have. It looks like you're seeing a lot of the same faces over and over again. It looks like they're they're having to pull extra shifts because uh, you know they done messed up. Yeah. Uh, the queen was taken from the palace. Well, uh, they watch. There, there's a lot of activity going on and everything like that. Mm -hmm. um, you can definitely go ahead and like roll for your, the grates that you said you wanted to check yeah. out. Yeah, I just want to check and see if they're being guarded or anything like that. Okay. So, yes. Thirteen. Okay. It doesn't look like they're being watched, but it looks like cement has been put down. Like, and the cracks. Like, like they've been mm -hmm. cemented down to, to provide more yeah. security. Okay. Well, uh, like, as I would know in and out of the palace. And did you have a room? Did you have your, like, uh, apartments in the palace? I did have apartments in the palace. Um, it was just a very small chamber. I didn't stay there very often. Mm -hmm. um, but you were definitely no. I was definitely no. So, would it, would it be too hard to, to just walk in? The palace, or you... uh, I don't trust any of the guards. You don't trust the guards. Yeah, even the ones that you you know personally. Even the ones I know personally, because I thought I could trust the captain of the guard. Right. We will say that there is a lot of palaces have privies. Mm -hmm. There is a river that cuts through the town. Yeah. This there is a like sewer a, entrance. Yes, but it's in the river, so you would have to actually do some swimming to get there. Before I do anything, anything like that. Uh, Report uh, what the uh, guard situation looked like up on the towers and oh, those, the walls. Th those are significantly increased as well. Uh, so not just the entrances, but you see men walking on, on the parapets yeah. and, and open balconies on the towers and everything okay. like that. On the towers, there's less people, like two, one or two, yeah. rather than the six or eight on, on major gates and everything like that. Yeah. Because I can have... Uh, Arasha, the, my falcon, mm -hmm. just fly into the chambers to retrieve the book that the gears are stored in. Mm -hmm. I'm just trying to make sure he doesn't get shot in the process. <laughs> Does Arasha think that it's viable to fly into one of the windows on that side of the palace? Um, yeah, I don't think that should be too much. I mean, like, you know, a bird can fly through any window. Yeah, um, yeah. But Unless it's shut. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unless there's a pane of glass there. Um, but... Is your bird sentient enough to, to have that kind of... Yeah. Okay. Do you have any skills for hers? I, I based it off of one of the creatures in this. You want to use, like, the griffin stats? Where's the dragon? That's a big <laughs> Yeah, that's what I based off of, the phoenix. The phoenix? Yeah. Okay. We'll say that it's... Um, That'd be agility. Yeah, agility uh, versus perception... Mm. Ah, nine. Well, I rolled a one on my wild guy. Yes. Was <laughs> <laughs> uh, the guards have fallen asleep? So, <laughs> so the guards are talking about the latest Baker's Apprentice, who seems to be rather <laughs> fetching, and they're talking about you know yeast yeah. and rising and kneading <laughs> <laughs> and. All sorts of things of that uh, nature. So yeah, basically before I sent him in, um, I described to him that it would be on this shelf. Okay. Um, and it would be uh, a book this thick okay. of this color. Okay. Are birds colorblind? Some are. Some are, some aren't. Yeah. Bidens are not. But also, can you see through her eyes because of your mental link? I do not have that ability. It's one I'm working on learning. Okay. But I do not have that ability yet. Okay. Because I thought you had ESP. I do have ESP. Is that one the see through the eyes? No, it's you can hear the thoughts. Okay. Of a person, no matter the language. All right. So you are going to... The, the bird flies gracefully through the air um, and manages to flit through the window as they are distracted. We're going to go ahead and say that it's kind of hard for the bird to find... Yeah, I, I didn't book. think it'd be a quick, easy thing, but... Yeah. 
We'll set it at we'll set it at an eighteen difficulty. Eighteen difficulty. <laughs> Failed that time. Okay. <laughs> uh, so the bird is like pull, like going through and knocking all the books off the shelves, trying to pop it open with its head. I would imagine opening it so it shouldn't be that difficult. Yeah. Um, Getting off the shelf would be a lot more difficult than opening it. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, a, a hooked beacon yes. and claws really do help with that. It's it's kind of like trying to hover in place yeah. while it happens is the hard part. So yeah, not not successful that time. Go ahead exactly. and try again. Trying to get eighteen with three dice. Yeah. Possible, but not likely. You got a twelve. <laughs> okay. Fifteen rather. Just plus two. Yeah, so the bird is getting warmer. They found the right shelf, but they're they're still working <laughs> on it. So now that they found the right shelf, we'll say that it's a, a moderate difficulty. We'll say, we'll drop it down by six, so we'll say 12. That's right. I got it. Okay, so it knocks it out. 16. <laughs> yeah. 18. I <laughs> So the bird uh, knocks it down, scoops them up. Now it's got to get past the guards again. Yes. Uh, so let's go ahead and roll for that. All right. Oh, not bad. Yeah, 14. I rolled. I rolled a four. Uh, the, the the virtues of the baker's apprentice have just go on and on. <laughs> it's really funny because they didn't lovely even loafs. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> loafs. Or lumpy loafs. <laughs> the biscuits. <laughs> Croissants. Oh, the croissants. <laughs> White and fluffy breads. Melts in your mouth. The bird gets past. They're just fine. Right. Now, my, I'm not like being out in the middle of the street where guards can see me from the gates or anything like that. Right. I'm hidden. Okay. The house across the way, behind the window. I'm the guy with the torch standing in the middle of the street. <laughs> and and you're, you're, you're like, oh, come on, birdie. Come on. Now that your bird has returned with the gears, what do you want to do? Well, first thing I'm going to do... I'm going to try to cast Dispel Magic. Good call. <laughs> Good call. Well, dispel Magic. Um, is, don't, that doesn't is, there have to be magic working? It's plus five to the tar- to the level of the magic on it, on the object. Uh, we haven't really talked about that at this point. No, we haven't. Like I said, I'm going to make you work this game. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to say that it's actually really powerful magic? Yeah. I figured. That's why I'm yeah. attempting. <laughs> um... Attempting. Attempting, well, attempting is a very brash thing to say. Um, we're going to say that it's 30. Uh, 30, 30, so you need 35. So, yeah. So these are the, uh, the gears that were not ordered by the uh, by the guild. Right. That's not 30. Nope. It's gone close. It's got to be 35. I know. It's a 28. 28. Yeah, so by yourself, you're not going to be able to demagicify these gears. You might need the help of an actual wizard. And the only wizard you know is on the other side of the wall that you're trying not to go through. I'm trying to think if this is worth this. If I dispel the magic, we don't have to worry about them anymore at all. All right, here's what I'm going to do. Use a hero point. Okay. And add six. So that's 34. That's 34. I'm going to spend one character point for a die. Okay. And then roll that. (laughs) 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 But it still counts as a one. That gives me thirty-five. Okay. So describe to me how you how how you suck the magic out of these. Alright. I'm still fairly new at this spell, so it's one I've been practicing a little bit. Um what I do is I dig a pit. (laughs) Not a deep pit, just a little hole big enough to hold them. I say a little incantation over top of them, and as I'm saying the incantation, they start glowing. Right at the end, and this is like the quote quote where I usually fail, is they start sparking, mm-hmm. and usually that distracts me enough that I fail. This time, to all my extra concentration, I they were sparking, and the, the sparks jumped up to my fingertips, and then I shook them down into the ground, and they just dispersed into the earth. Okay. And they're inert. <laughs> All right. So you have one extra die. I, I like that. Like, as the magic is dispersed, I would say that it's probably a, a physically demanding thing for you to do. Yeah. Um, this is not something that 
I mean, if it, if a spell I've been known for a long time, it would be as bad. But mm-hmm. since I'm fairly new at it, so are you doing this like in an alleyway or? Yes, it's in an alleyway, but it's in back of a house, a safe house. Okay, so you have a safe house. I have several safe houses throughout the city. So, as you're walking around to go back into the front of the safe house, you do see two of the royal guards. Okay, well, I sneak. Okay. I don't want them to see me. Fourteen. Ah, just one shy. As you're going, you accidentally kick a pebble and it, it skitters across and gets there. But it's rainy. And they turn around and they see you and they and they say, Jorsglaive? Can I help you fellows? That is your name, correct? Jorsglaive. That's what my mother called me, yes. You are required to attend at the leisure of Lord Rafe Liverich. I'm assuming I know who he is. Yes. What do I know about him? He is the chief of the Privy Council. <laughs> He's King Pooper Scooper. <laughs> yep. No, the Privy Council is like... <laughs> it's essentially... It's essentially the cabinet. Yes, I know. Yeah, it's the... <laughs> oh, different Privy. <laughs> Like they're gonna counsel for that? Actually, yes, they do. Yeah. It's the um, poop smith. Yeah. <laughs> the fecal guild wants to see you. Uh, oh, it's a little. That sounds so much worse. Have you read any of the Discworld stuff? No, I haven't. There's one character in the Discworld series that that is he is the king of poop. That he has made Ooh. a fortune being the only one willing to collect sewage. Someone's got to do it. Actually, I, I do know, slightly out of contact, or out of game, but I do know that like a lot of people who, who collect garbage, they make really good money doing mm-hmm. that. So. Yeah. You say he's head of the Privy Council? That's correct. He is the head of the Privy Council. <laughs> You're just going to laugh. Very well. Let's go. All right. So, Grayson... Grayson, as the as the guards leave, would slip out of the box and then go invisible. Okay. You want to go, oh, go outside the box? Or you want to lay down in the box and nobody can see you? Well, I assume the attention draws back to the, the ceremony at that point. Yeah. yeah. So. so as just to let you know what's going on, all of the remaining members of the guild are taking pieces of Ambrose's equipment and they are actually placing, like... His, his tools. His master's tools into the casket with him. That is what so, is happening at this point. All right. So at that moment, Grayson's going to just kind of slink back and to the shadows and go invisible. Okay. What's the target number on this? Uh, 27. Okay. It's 26 is what I have. I'm going to drop a character point on it. Well, it explodes. Yeah. So I keep going. Plus uh, 10. Plus 10. So 36. Okay. So I'm you're very, very invisible. Bloof. <laughs> invisible. <laughs> um, and then I'm going to go out and follow the guards and Demetrius. Okay. So they are heading back towards the palace. They they take Demetrius <laughs> through, the, through the town and to the castle. And, you know, they... Open the gates and they go through and everything like that. Yeah, I'm gonna ditch my overcoat before I get through the gate. Okay. Just so gonna drop it like right outside the gate or? No. <laughs> I was gonna say. <laughs> Not right outside. Just as I see over approaching the gate, down the alley. Just toss it. Okay. Somebody pay very close attention just see the coat fly out of nowhere. <laughs> And they run and go get it. This is, probably, <laughs> this is probably was this a code that you had had in one of your uh, things that people want stashes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's why I said he looked he, when he came in. He's dressed nicely, very nice. Yeah, has nice clothes. Do you actually go like try and get close enough to yeah go in with the guards? Mm-hmm. Okay. Do I need a stealth roll? No, you, you should be fine since you're already invisible. Yeah. <laughs> The guards, they're not, like, having any conversation with you. They're just kind of What's fine with pushing me? you along. Pushing me? Yeah, I mean, like, go, <laughs> hustling walking really <laughs> fast. Hustling you along. Every once in a while, you yeah, feel hustling. like... You, 
Johnny's wearing a kill, so that <laughs> <laughs> the image of him doing the hustle is just even really more <laughs> intensified by that. But um, every once in a while, you'll feel like like a spear kind of like, <laughs> excuse you, why I'm walking? <laughs> I would stop and be like, look, I'm willingly going with you. Stop prodding me. All right. We, we need to hurry, though. I can understand that, but you don't need to poke me. I'm not a cow to be prodded. Thank you very much. And just walks off. <laughs> okay. You go into the uh, the palace without any, any difficulty, and they take you up the stairs and in, into basically a waiting room. As you're waiting, there, the first person in the room is actually Joris, who was closest of all four of you to the palace. And then, are there any guards outside of the waiting room? Yes. Okay. Brother Benedict is the third to arrive. Okay, so we're still in the waiting room. We haven't gone into. Yeah, the... you're in the you're in the waiting room. Okay. Are there any guards inside the room? No. no. Okay. Just on the outside, and the room doesn't. It has one way in. In, like, there's a door at the other end, mm-hmm. but probably would be guarded on the far side. On the on the other side. On the opposite yeah. side. Yeah. yeah okay. You see them bringing Brother Benedict through the hall. And, uh... I would have tried to go in the room. Okay. Okay, so you're in the room as yeah, well? Yeah. Okay. That makes much more sense. Because <laughs> I, I thought you kind of stopped and was like, Oh, there's cards. I'm going to just kind of hang out here in the hallway. No, 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 no. Yeah. All right, so all four of you are in the room. One of you is being sneaky, sneaky. <laughs> And is this the first time you all have seen each other since the events in the last yes. session? Which, how long ago was that? It, it was a few days ago. A few days, okay. I was originally going to have it to be three, <coughs> three weeks, and I'm like, well, that's really long to wait for a funeral. It's a so, yeah. <laughs> You're looking at each other. Yeah, I don't know if Benedict would be looking at anybody. He's still, still pensive. Kind of, kind of staring off into space. I'm watching very closely what everybody else is doing. I think Demetrius would be sizing up Brother Benedict because of what he heard him say the last time they were in company. Not worried that he'll do anything, but just, like, concerned for his mental state of being. <laughs> do you want to talk to him about anything? Or? No, it would be a silent... A silent assessment. Yeah, a silent contemplation of, I wonder how he's doing. He saw some weird things that I couldn't see, which we both saw weird things together. So if he's seeing weird things that I didn't see, mm-hmm. it must be messing with his brain. Actually, I don't think Benedict is really that weirded out by it as much as... Cause it, but that's yes. what would make okay. Demetrius. <laughs> Demetrius more concerned that he's not freaking oh. out about oh. it. Fair enough. Because he'd be like... He, he told me that he saw... A dead person talking to him. Talking to him and isn't disturbed by this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. And you don't want to like approach him and try and, and see how he's doing or anything like that. No, just oh, nice guy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, we've had copacetic interactions. <laughs> Grayson, what do you think of all these silent, brooding men standing around doing nothing? I mean, Grayson. Is wanting to break the tension in the room, but at the same time, it's like, dang it, if I was invisible, I would say something, but I'm just gonna sit back and watch. This is kind of awkward. Were there any guards in the room with us? No, there's not. Okay. There's only guards on the outside. The situation is awkward. I mean, we've been called by this dude that isn't here. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's here. He's not in this room with not us. Not in this room, but he's here. So, I mean,. He's in the privy. (laughs) (laughs) He's counseling the privy. Just flush, please. Just flush. I wonder what kind of counseling that thing would mean. (laughs) Would you need counseling with that, Jack? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I see nothing but poop jokes for the next, like, 12 weeks. (laughs) Why would you change your name to Latrine? You guys done? <laughs> yeah, we're just Probably starting. Probably not. You, you should know this. So we're just starting. 
There I go trying to give some historical verisimilitude. To I knew the what you meant. Of course you did. And then you went the totally wrong of course direction. I did. I had to. Everybody loses character points tonight. <laughs> Come on, which Renfest that you? you went to the privy? <laughs> the door opposite the one that you came into opens, and in comes Lord Glibridge. George, you know him already, so mm-hmm. go ahead and, and give us a bit of a description. Right, um, he's what, is what you would typically think of when you think nobleman. Mm-hmm. Um, about 5'10", so he's not short, but not extremely tall either. Decently built, he's very finely dressed, mm-hmm. you know, he has a well-trimmed hair, beard. Like I said, when you think nobleman, that's, he's your typical nobleman. Okay. Nothing unusual stands out about him, particularly. Except for his nose. Well, I was going to say, except for the fact that he has known to have poor eyesight. Okay. I noticed the nose. <laughs> What's wrong with his nose? Bulbous. I do notice one thing unusual. He is wearing a un- unusual brooch or necklace okay. thing around him. Um, so when I see that, I want to check and see if it has any kind of magic aura on it. Okay. Go ahead and make your roll. Target number 15, so. I think you got it. I think I got it. 22. Yeah, so, so you can't sense anything magical off the bat. So while I'm looking at it, I don't see anything magical like, around him at all. Mm-hmm. Correct. Now, what was your last interaction with him like? We never, we didn't interact much mm-hmm. because I was not in charge of anything. Mm-hmm. So my personal interactions would have been very minimal. Uh, he was interacted with uh, Lord Walsham quite a bit, who I interacted with. Right, right, right. So that's more how I knew him. The last time he was just talking with Lord Walsham, nothing in particular. Does he seem like someone who is typically fair, or is he more of a like a bellicose personality? I know from... But I've heard that he treats his servants well. For me personally, he's hasn't paid much attention to me. Sure. But reputation is he's yeah. incredibly honorable. Yeah, reputation is he is. I mean, that's why the queen liked him. Was he married? Yes. Okay. There's supposed to be a fourth person here, but we can go ahead and get started while the guards are trying to round him up. My Jewish lord. I want you to tell me the details of Walsham's body when you found him. When we arrived at the palace, we were told he was dead, and guards took us to his body. I don't remember specifically what I found when I was inspecting the body. Other than... Uh, the, well, I mean, for, like, calls of death or anything. I thought it was that it was a magical death. That his soul had been sucked from his body was uh, uh, yes. the description that I remember. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm just trying to think if I want to tell him that part of it or not. I'm trying to remember, did we bury him, or did we think that he... Did we, we left the guards in charge of burying him. Okay. We actually said that we, he was yes. dead, and we, we didn't try to hold on to his body for something else. No. Okay. No. That's why they went through his pockets, so that we wouldn't have to hold on to the okay, body. Because you were actually looking <laughs> for years. Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to think, do I want to tell him about seeing the soul and stuff like that? I'm going to say no. Okay. Just because I don't know who I can trust around the palace anymore. We examined the body, couldn't find any noticeable cause of death, but he was most definitely uh, deceased. And we uh, instructed the guard to take his body for funeral rites. And you two would concur with this? Yeah. There was nothing untoward about his death. It was not caused by poisoning or some other foul murder. It, it most likely was, but there was no obvious evidence of anything. When I examined the body myself, there was no marks of strangulation, no, no seepage, uh, uh, poison from the mouth or anything like that. Um, it smelled of decay, but it had been a, an hour or so since his death when I found him. Now, do you know any reason why somebody would want to kill him? <laughs> <laughs> I know several, as I'm sure you do too. I want to hear it from your own mouth. Do you want me to list off? I mean, the enemy has... The queen has enemies, therefore everybody who serves the queen has enemies. Go ahead and name the ones that you think most pertinent. And we're not talking about the queen. The queen is another matter that we will discuss. But right now we're discussing Walsham. 
Yes. They are go hand in hand. Not necessarily. In this instance, I believe they do. Who do you serve? I serve the crown. A crown that needs to be filled. Yes. The queen needs to be rescued. We will discuss that later. Right now, we're trying to get the, to the bottom of this. Demetrius just sort of like blinks with a excuse you kind of look on his face like what doesn't say anything <laughs> but just very confused he was serving the queen there was enemies of the queen attacking not all of Walsham's dealings were immediately for the queen all that I'm aware of were was there anybody that Walsham told you specifically to watch that was his job was assigning me people to watch Right before his death. <laughs> yes, we were invest- investigating Lord Dencham. Do you think Lord Dencham had him killed? I think that Lord Dencham was behind the murder, yes. Do you think there could have been any other options for someone who wanted to get rid of Walsham? Anybody else that he said that to watch? Nothing pertinent that I know of, no. He's going to go ahead and roll wit to try and determine if whether or not you're... Right. You're telling the full truth. You're kind of edging the, towards prevarication here. So you, you're going to want to go ahead and make a roll, too. What do you have under charm that would be the best? Persuade. Yeah, persuasion. 2d plus 2. That's it? Yeah, oh my gosh. I have very little charm. 11. 8. Nice! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so far, season two is liking the red dot. <laughs> two ones and no sixes. Amen. Just wait till we get into combat. Yeah. <laughs> we have word that one of you was under Walsham's suspicions. So if we find out that any of your group was involved in Walsham's death... Well, I can tell you that... Neither of these gentlemen were involved because they were with me when Walsh was killed, and we were nowhere near the palace. We were on the docks. You can check with the guard to verify that, because the guard were there with us. I believe the whole city saw me. No. <laughs> yes, so, yes. yes. Saw me running through, so I have plenty of witnesses that I did not kill the man. <laughs> where is your companion? Do, do, do any of you know where your companion is? I do not know where he is, but he was with us at the docks at the same time. You can, again, check with the guard. There's many of them that saw us there. He was with us at the docks. And I do not know where he is currently. Have any of you seen him since St. Aldrich's Cathedral was cut off? In the past, oh, past three in days. the past three days. This is the first I've seen any of, any of these gentlemen in the past three days. You could have been doing anything. I could have been doing anything for the past three days. Which is irrelevant to Walsham's death. Uh-huh. That will be our decision to make. <laughs> All three of you will stay here until your compatriot is found. And he uh, opens the door to the room that he had come through before and goes out that way. Uh, I want to see if I see anything through the door. Okay. That would be wit, right? 22. That's a good roll, Joe. That was a very good So, what roll. do you see through the door? <laughs> you tell me. You tell me, because I don't know where you're going with this character. You see guards. Uh, you see uh, what looks like several important people. Uh, you see, it looks like you see like the bishop of the church, the archbishop, nobles, and stuff like that. Is it the archbishop or the. The one you rescued? Yes. Yes. Uh, and it looks just like. Okay. Regular courtiers and, and uh, officials. Well, the Archbishop in there, I feel a lot better. Is Grayson able to see any of that? Yes, you both can see. Benedict doesn't care. Alright, so Grayson is going to go over to the other door. The one we came in through? The one we came in through. He's going to knock on it. Okay. You guys, what do you want to do? He, you just heard a knocking on the door. I would look at the door. Okay. I guess I would be like, uh... You tried to turn the door down? Yeah, I would try to turn the doorknob, and if it didn't turn, I'd be like, uh, did one of you guys knock? Yeah, it doesn't go, and the door is locked. That's distressing. Yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> I mean, no response at all from the guards on the other side, even with the jiggling handle. 
Stop that. <laughs> Why are we locked in? What if I need to use the privy? <laughs> His lord's orders. There is a chamber pot. Ooh. <laughs> You're used to using one. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, Renfair boy. You, you've <laughs> seen your own fair share of those. And we're going to go ahead and end the episode right there. Locked in a room between guards and royalty. Not really anybody's favorite place to be. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Bone Throwers Theater. Thank you for listening to Bone Throwers Theater. Our cast is Aaron, Jeff, Jeremy, Johnny, and Jordan. We are releasing this podcast under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 3.0, unported license. That means that you can share the podcast, but please do not modify it or try to gain financially from it. If you would like to visit our website, you can do so at bonethrowerstheater.com. If you would like to send us an email, you can do so at bonethrowerstheater at gmail.com. Our Twitter handle is at bonethrowerstheater. And also you can look us up on Facebook and Google+. And until next time, may the bones fall ever in your favor. This has been a Nerd Circle podcast production. <laughs>